Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio. I'd like to welcome everyone to Ransom Notes. Frank McKay here. So much more importantly, Kathy Ransom, the author of the book Ransom Notes and the subject of the documentary Ransom Notes and our visual uh, once uh, once a month. We have a visual next next week is Fourth of July, so I don't know if we're gonna yeah, maybe we will. I mean, uh, we'll, we'll discuss that later. But that's usually our our visual day. And uh, folks uh, out there, I hope you're enjoying all of that, and we'll be seeing you on TV soon, and uh, and so much more. But right now, uh, another ransom notes uh, radio uh, show slash podcast with our host Kathy Ransom. Kathy, how are you? I am fine, thank you, Frank. The day is pleasant. I am healthy and well, which is always something to celebrate. And I had a very nice, rewarding and thoughtful Sunday as we gathered together to worship. It was wonderful. Sometimes the days just, sometimes, you know, Frank, you go to a service and you try to participate. You do your best to be a part of it. Do you ever let your brain just sort of slip sometimes though and you realize oh my glory i'm not really concentrating my i've shifted to a, a problem in life and i don't know maybe that doesn't happen to you oh it does i think it happens to everyone but certainly happens to me and, and i always remember that one line that uh that people talk about that a, a negative thought and a positive thought can't share the same spot at the same time so i always try to Anytime I have a negative thought or an angry thought, I try to move it out right away with a positive thought. It's easier said than done. Well, we had just a, a really thought-provoking sermon presented so gently and uh, on subjects that are, are really difficult to, to share with everybody. They're based on the Bible. They're based on the study. But not everybody wants to accept them or agrees with them or has conflict and our minister, pastor, presented some of these challenges in such a thoughtful way that as I wrote him last night thanking him for having the courage, because sometimes t- to go out on a limb and share what you believe, and in this position it happens to be what you believe about the Lord and, and how our lives should be, but going out on a limb anytime takes a little bit of courage and then to do it in a kind, thoughtful way. And he won five stars yesterday. Uh, in my mind, I, I hope the Lord gave him 10 stars, but you never know. Uh, we also had a, a wonderful time uh, Saturday night. We went out to our local Muni Opera here in town. It's outdoors. Have you ever seen Ragtime? Uh, I, I had, I not the... Not the play version, but the the movie with Jimmy Cagney, I think was in it, and uh, it's about the, if I remember correctly, it's about the life uh, life of Scott Joplin. Well, I, I think he's involved in it. Uh, it's the, the the basic premise, and and I don't want us to take a lot of time to talk about it, but it really is a. It was so well presented by our local arts groups and singers, and and they had been dying to do this for two years they were just ready to do it the summer that everything closed down and so i know that as artists they must have been just leaping out to 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 get it out and they went overboard 
but it really talks about, uh, I thought how appropriate the theme of it is because it's really looking at three different groups of people, social classes, three cultures, and how they came together in New York years ago. And I think it was set back in about 1975 when we were beginning to think that perhaps we were not treating all people as equals. Uh, so it, it looks at the a, a very rich, white, upper-class family. The second group are Eastern European immigrants that have come in with great hope and eagerness into our country that they've heard about. And the third is about some African-Americans who lived in Harlem and they were musicians or he was a musician and how these three families, uh, multiple individuals react, have terrible problems in the middle and how they really sort of resolve much of that. And I thought, you know, Frank, that's not too bad a theme for us right now. Some of our issues are different or parallel but don't you think we have a few problems getting along with each other today? Yeah, it, it sounds very appropriate. And I don't know that ragtime has anything to do with Scott Joplin now that I'm, I'm thinking about it, uh, unless it was based. It was he loosely based. But uh, anyway, the, the themes of ragtime, though, are certainly, um, they, in, in many ways, uh, relevant now. I mean, much different times, of course, but we are having a hard time getting along with each other. And and it's along race lines and it's along uh, uh, class lines. I, I, I don't like to use the word class, but uh, I guess um, economic class. Right. You know, uh, people that have a lot of money and then people uh, who have less money and then people who have hardly any money there. They have a hard time, um, you know, balancing all of these things. But. You're you're absolutely right. I mean, uh, the theme that you're talking about uh, sounds pretty relevant to uh, today's times. We've just sort of switched it to, in addition to the issues mentioned, we've added politics, beliefs about uh, how how life begins, and we'll talk about that in a later uh, study or talk that we have. But uh, I tell you. You have to be really, really careful as we visit with each other to learn how to be thoughtful and kind, to still believe what you believe, but to do it in, and to share that belief in a way that's not offensive. And not everybody, well, I'm not always good at it. I get passionate, as you might guess, and sometimes I forget to be as careful and what I say to others. So I think it's a reminder to each of us today that uh, maybe we all need to re-see ragtime a couple of times and see if we can't implement it into our own thoughts and words and actions. But I've got something a little lighter to talk about. Yes. Okay, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to think with me now though. We're gonna I read recently a piece of a study that came out of Essex, Essex, England, out of the university there. You know, university people always like to do studies. And sometimes you laugh at those studies and sometimes you rejoice because they're so valuable to our life. 
But they studied 500 people. Obviously, I'm sure the people were not in the U.S. I'm sure it was in their country. So we have to sort of take it with some grain of salt. But the first thing that they studied were the five most boring jobs. Do mm. you want to predict what they decided were the, could you guess, guess even one of the five most boring jobs? Let me say this, right? Right as you're saying this, something pops into my mind. I heard, and, and again, I, I doubt this is going to be correct, but I heard this expression once used uh, about the, the men and women that used to take uh, the, the money to go in for a toll. Now they have easy pass and, and different type of thing that where it's automatic pay and all this. But there used to be men and women that would be toll booth collectors. And I heard somebody use the expression uh, calling them vertical coffins. Because, oh my. Yeah, vertical coffins. In other words, they stand straight up and the person just one after the other changing, changing this. And, and so I imagine that's a very boring job. But that, tell me right now, it's not one of them, right? That, that doesn't happen to be one that came up with 500 people, but I would certainly say that it would uh, could easily, if you put it in a list where you might think of that job, because these are just a tad more global than those. Uh, and I think as I read them, I think in four of the five, you'll see a column, a common element. Data analysis people, people who do accounting, tax and insurance people, banking people, and cleaning people. Now, of those five, I know which one I think would be the most boring. Cleaning? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it wouldn't be this. But I think the other four have sort of a common element. And, and what would you see as that common element? Well, paperwork and numbers, working with numbers, right? Yeah. And, and it seems to me it's a little repetitious and a little boring. Yeah. And, and most of those, other than unless you were the insurance salesman and went out and made house calls, as some do, and some insurance companies don't do that anymore, most of them are pretty much non-people in, in a major way. You don't, you're not interacting a lot with community and people. You're basically in front of a screen, in front of a set of, of books that you're keeping. And, and that doesn't mean you don't have office workers and things like that. But your job itself is pretty much Lone Ranger. Would that be a fair description? There's always exceptions, but sort of, sort of okay. Yeah, I, I, I'd go along with that. Okay, so, and, and I know that yours truly would really not want to do any of those. I mean, I'm not good with numbers. I, I like people more. Okay, now let's look at based on that. They, they, they looked at and found the most exciting or nice or perfect jobs well maybe not perfect that's probably not good exciting i think was the term they used you want to guess what they might be or one or two of them oh boy um yeah let me try that race car driver i mean uh, at pro athlete uh uh things like that um uh, uh television personality actor actress uh, are any of these hitting um let me see yes yes you're 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 you're, you're right on on one and you're 
in the probably the generic ballpark of another investigative reporter, maybe uh, traveling uh, journalists of some kind. Right. I'm uh, I I'm saying the things that that I would find exciting. Uh, lion, lion tamer. I don't think there's lion tamers anymore. Uh, that would certainly be, uh, you know, keep you on your toes. But yeah, I, I mean, some of them there. Do I have one of them? Uh, oh, absolutely. All right, I'll read them, and then you can you can tune in when you. One of them is the performing arts, which doesn't surprise me at all, right. because you have to really love that job if you're going to put yourself out on the stage or on a mic or uh, doing something in front of an audience. Basically, most of those people have to be certainly enjoying their, their that doesn't mean there are problems with it and things that you get irritated. The, the conductor of the orchestra maybe uh, steps on your toes sometimes because you're not playing the notes just right. Or perhaps if you are in the ballet and you keep stubbing your toe, you might get criticized. But you're still, you've got to think it's a pretty exciting job or you wouldn't go through all of that. Number two, I don't know that you touched on, science, science professionals. And, and that could be, I suppose, anywhere from in a lab. I suppose science people would, might be considered like biologists or people that go out and explore and work with animals in a zoo. I, I don't know. I don't know. It was not described what they meant by science. Even NASA, you know, like people that are in rocketry, oh, space, I imagine. Yes. That's in science. Oh, that, yeah. And, you know, that's almost exciting because you're right on the cutting edge often of, uh, of what's happening in technology. You're perhaps avoiding, helping avoid danger. Sometimes those jobs are sort of dangerous, so you've sort of got that adventuresome spirit even if you're scared you're still having a good time the third was journalism and i think you know that and relate and you alluded to that without any problem the fourth and i wholeheartedly agree with this part way health profession yeah. uh to, to and we'll talk why that might be and the last one is sort of funny it's teaching which was my profession yeah. And so if we looked at what's, what's sort of the common element of performing arts, science, journalism, health, professional, and teaching, what do you see as sort of a common element? You're, you're either, this is one at least, you're either entertaining or dealing with people and different types of people. And uh, also you're meeting different types of people. You're, you're not dealing with numbers like you are with the boring ones or uh, you're not uh, dealing with data and and you know you know repetitive things uh, and all of these things also change uh, there, there's a uh, there's movement in them you know if you're a journalist you're not writing about the same thing all the time if you're a performer you're not playing the same role all the time most likely not playing the same role so I I, I think uh, do any of them fit the answer well I mean they don't say but they agree with Mike I hadn't thought about the variety part that they're in change. I think that's addition. Um, I I certainly had jotted down as I thought about it that you were engaged with people and or nature and outdoors. You're you're not you, you're engaged with something. It might be that you're evaluating the life cycle of an ant, or you're exploring a 
submarine that sunk years ago in the water, but you're you're doing and interacting with things that had life or are still alive. But I like your addition of that that the, there's lots of variety and it changes, and it certainly changed in teaching. And I know you know about the journalism and the fact that we certainly are not reporting and doing news in the way that reporters did even 40 or 50 years ago. Well, we wouldn't be doing, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now, my friend, Yeah. because, I mean, it's amazing. And when we do the Zoom one, that's even more amazing that we have that kind of an option. Okay, now the third thing was five most boring hobbies, and I added the word dullest. Right. All right, you can predict. Because I think you're going to be surprised. All right, hobbies, uh, model ship, uh, you know, like making models, might be. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like, like like little airplanes or something like that. Yeah, things like that. Uh, stamp collecting. Uh, maybe coin collecting, although you know I find it kind of interesting. But uh, coin collection. Um, I mean, are they? I, I I know some many people who love gardening and and botany including you right and my my mother-in-law my one of my best friends loves gardening he's a you know a, a, a man too he loves but maybe somebody's going to say that uh hobby um well I, I i think they had a different kind of category but i think you're right stamp collecting would be boring to me and and part of Part of what makes a hobby is something that you're interested in. That helps. I just about laughed. <clears throat> the first one, they say one of the somebody some people's hobbies is sleeping, and that is one of the dullest and most boring ones. But people do it. Watching TV is a boring hobby for some, and I guess it is for others. My goodness, life wouldn't go on if they didn't have their TV. And then this was interesting: observing animals. I love to watch animals do things, to take pictures of them. So I would, I guess I'm not a bird watcher, so I suppose that would be boring to me because the birds fly too fast and I don't have time enough to look at them and my eyes aren't that good. But good gracious, some people travel everywhere. Hey, you, we, you and I have traveled all over the place to see animals in Africa and, and different Yeah. I love jungles. They're one of my favorite. You know, my, you know, I I've been going to jungles and the and the bush and uh, you know different areas like that every chance I get, all over the world. But I, I love that, and that's why I do it for the animals. You suppose that that our liking of that because I I one hundred percent agree with you is that it, we don't think of it as a hobby. We think of it as a an activity that we do when we have a few moments to celebrate. Yeah, I mean. Maybe we have a slight difference of what hobby is, but I, I think in our household, travel has almost been a hobby. The, uh, the fourth one is mathematics. Well, I don't think of mathematics as a hobby at all, but I guess some people do. They, they work puzzles and do mathematical calculations, and maybe they do it just because it's fun and they, I don't know, it would be boring to me, so it's called a boring hobby. And But this is the one that I want us to just take, and we don't have much time, but I want us to take just a minute, and it's religion, that it's a, that it's a boring hobby. Religion, I, I, hobby? 
Well, that I, yes, I don't think of it as a hobby in the first place. And if it's boring, then we need to relook at what, how we're relating to the Lord. Wow. Because it isn't, isn't that a shocking one? Now, remember this, remember this came out of England. And I think there has been a movement away from religion in many European and world countries. I think it's starting in the U.S. I don't think as many people, if I read the news, are as engaged with serving the Lord, worshiping him, celebrating what he's done for us. I don't think there are as many. So maybe maybe it's considered a hobby. But we, if if that's true, Frank, we and our listening audience who have a relationship with the Lord have got to figure out how do we re-engage seniors who have drifted away, and then we need to go to the next generation down who are barely making God part of their life because it's boring. And then we go to the third generation, and that's what they said when we were traveling in the Netherlands recently, that within two generations, there is almost an absence of religion. Their churches and cathedrals are closing down. There have very few where they are left open, where they worship. I guess they have decided it's boring. And maybe we made it a hobby instead of a way of life. So for my listening audience, my friend, I guess we need to remind people, re-look at why you worship. Re-look at who you're inviting. How are you connecting your grandkids with the Lord? What about your neighbor who's always mowing the lawn when he should could be worshiping? Do we think of worship as only just going and sitting in the pew for 50 minutes on Sunday? Or is worship and serving a way of life? Is that what we have to change? It isn't a hobby. It's a way of life. So that's about as serious as we can get for today. Great. Shame on, shame on anyone for ever calling religion a hobby. I've never heard it once be considered a hobby. The Lord is a hobby. You know, the Lord, to have a relationship with the Lord is something that, you know, uh, people find so much in, enrichment in, in their lives. That's part of my everyday life is my relationship with the Lord. Anyway, that's, uh, that to me is just crazy, a, a crazy thought. But anyway, the point is well taken, Kathy. Uh, just wonderful job as always, as always. You know, you know what might be fun, Frank, is for people who perhaps listen to this and agree with us or disagree with us that religion is not a hobby. It would be fun if they would send me an email, and I'm going to give you my email address and invite them to share a thought or two with me after they've heard it. It's a real simple email. It's KA that stands for Catherine Ann. Ransom, that stands for kidnap, R-A-N-S-O-M, at AOL.com. But, you know, I'd love to hear from somebody say, oh, yeah, I agree with you. Religion really isn't a hobby. Or, you know, I think you're off your rocker, Kathy. It is just an old hobby. 
Amazing. I'm open to both. I'm open to both right. positions. Right. Speak your mind, everyone. Kathy, thank you so much. Thank you. And uh, to everyone out there listening, uh, don't ever think of religion as a hobby. I mean, do what do what you want. You free will. The Lord gave us free will. But wow, what a it, terrible and and by the way, boring. Uh, you know, I could I, I could show you parts of the Bible that that uh, you either forgot were there or that where you never thought were there, and it's it's exciting. Uh, but religion is people, and it's about the interaction of of people with the Lord, uh, groups of people, and everything else. Kathy Ransom. Uh, is our host each and every week, Frank McKay here. Very proud to be her co-pilot. And we're signing off. We'll see you next time on Ransom Notes. You've been listening to Breaking It Down with Frank McKay. The most intriguing talk in talk radio.